<laughs> Sorry, I just remembered. Uh, I don't remember when we talked about this, but at one point you said <laughs> the classic comedy duo of the, the funny big guy and the funny small guy, which is one of my favorite things you ever said because then one of the things you listed was of mice and men. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, they're not funny. And I went on a fucking tear, just absolutely destroying that. And listen, because... I agree it was a bad example, but I was trying really hard to try to think of big dudes and small dudes. I forgot anyway. about the funny adverb. <laughs> Welcome to Direct-to-Video. VHS? A podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. This is, I guess, our second pairing. Is how we're doing it now. This is yes. This is this is our this is uh the second taste, mm, the second sip, where we really get into the milieu of of what I consider to be a box wine version of a pretty good vintage. <laughs> oh, now. There's a, hey, real talk, there's a lot I like about this movie. No, same. I'm, here's what I'm going to say is that this mo- this movie kind of sucks as a movie. That's the problem, right? And it's going to yeah. be the problem with probably a couple other movies you watch. And it was a problem with Stitch, but man, Stitch had other problems. The yeah, Stitch well, sequels had other problems. The... But like, it's a TV tie-in. This clearly feels like... Like the first episode of something, yeah. It's because a pilot, the whole so. movie spends time setting up stuff, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize until the credits rolled where I was like, "Oh right, they can't solve any of this." Of course, <laughs> they can't solve any of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like an hour. Well, it's... it's a good hour, though. It's... It, it it is a good hour. They packed a lot into there. There's like, uh, what three songs? Yes. Well, I feel like it's two songs, but one song is like a really long song. Yeah, I think so. Let's get into it, I guess. Tangled Before Ever After 2017. So, first thing. They're straight up doing the first movie. And I didn't realize until later when I watched Tangled Ever After that this is actually the third time they'd done this. So it's like an homage of an homage at this point. I feel like though, right? Like if I'm if I'm Eugene and I died, right? <laughs> I met my cold demise. I saw death. I was ready to walk to the afterlife and then got torn out of it and back into the living. I would start every story with this is the story of how I died. Yeah. Cuz it's great. <laughs> that's fair. Uh and that's a very Eugene thing. We hear Eugene with This is the Story mm-hmm. of How I Died, and then Rapunzel comes in, and they quickly do a recap of the first movie, uh, ending with arguably the world's most overly dramatic haircut, which I knew I'd heard from somewhere, and I guess it was here. So here's here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Second most dramatic. Mulan had a song and everything for her haircut. <laughs> he said arguably. It, that, and I'm making the argument. <laughs> 
Okay, um, she I, has a she has a dramatic haircut, but it's also before anything happened. Yeah. The Rapunzel's dramatic haircut was after everything happened. I feel like it, I, I don't so, know the essence of drama. I feel is like the, to start something as opposed mm, to ending as something. opposed to ending something. That is for philosophers to decide. I think. Let's ask Noam Chomsky what he thinks. Ryan North dog. Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't know how many listeners will get that joke. Well, I mean, it better for them to look up what Ryan North's dog is called than H.P. Lovecraft's oh. cat. Anyway, we we get the recap of the movie. And obviously, the setup is, is like, listen, eventually, we get married. But before that happens, let's talk about some shit. Mm -hmm. And we start with this chase scene. Yeah, it's a bit of a, um, what do you call it? A deadly game of tag? Because that guard died. It kind of is a deadly game of tag. A guard, probably some bunnies in that one scene. Yeah. The, uh, I'll say this, the captain of the guard is way better at staying on his horse now. He is. I, I, you know what, I bet it's because he's not riding Maximus anymore. Yeah, I bet Maximus is actually really hard to stay on when he gets as dramatic as he gets. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Eugene is riding Max, and Rapunzel is riding Fidella. I wrote her name down because she is the first new character we're introduced to. And she... R Rapunzel says her name so fast that I didn't really quite catch. Well, I th I think that's stuff like that happens a few times where it's like they only have fifty eight minutes to get through this, mm -hmm. and they gotta set up a lot. Yeah, it's like well, whatever. This is this is the horse's name. Keep going. And th this chase is very long mm -hmm. for us not really knowing what's happening, especially because. The sort of joke is that nothing's happening. Yeah. It's just that... they're, they're riding out to the town balls. And that's fine. It's just not very interesting. It does help set up Rapunzel's... It's the beginning uh, this, of... This is set up a little bit better later, but it helps set up what Rapunzel wants in this version. Which so... is, she's basically traded up from the tower, right? Well, that's... I, I, and I'm gonna talk about this later, but yeah, she, like, moved from one prison into another larger, more expensive prison. Right, yes. Uh, she, she moved from the tower, which is quite small, to a kingdom, which is big, that she still isn't really allowed to leave. That gets nailed home later. Mm -hmm. But right now, that's, that's still the undertone is like, maybe I'll see out there one day. Eugene gets kissed by an angel. Sorry, a horse. Because uh, kiss cancels by a guard, man. That's rough. Eugene, that happens a couple times to Eugene. Not getting kissed by a horse, but missing kisses with Rapunzel. I do, I really do feel like nobody likes Eugene. Well, if you think about it, there's a reason for not a lot of people to like him at this point. No, I understand that. I'll say this. This is this is kind of important. And so by like the third episode, you realize, oh, the king does like Eugene. But it certainly seems like he doesn't. <laughs> I know that the king likes Eugene because later on in this movie, he calls him son. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, if, no matter what, 
if if somebody's dad calls you son, they fucking love you. They, that's like that's the ultimate get. But it's funny because Eugene definitely doesn't get that. He's just terrified of this guy. I mean, wouldn't you be? This man is built like a brick house. <laughs> he is, and he's voiced by fucking um. What's the guy's name? I know you have IMDb up. I okay, yeah. I was gonna be like, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, that was me buying time because IMDb reloaded. Uh, okay. Uh, MC Ganey. No, wrong guy. MC Ganey is the captain of the guard. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. He plays like the bad guy in every cartoon. <laughs> And movie. He was yeah. Surtur in Thor Ragnarok. And he's always sort of the big crazy guy. I I like this. I think this is a good role for him because it's like, we need somebody who sounds big and intimidating and evil, but also can do that like reserved. For a guy who sounds like that, he spends a lot of time hugging his daughter. And he even gets like part of a song to sing. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, speaking of the song. Which yes. is Life After ha- Happily Ever After, which is my favorite song. I know there's only like two, but it's my favorite one mm-hmm. uh, in, in the movie because it sets everybody up real nice. Yeah, it's a good introduction. It, int- it introduces the king. It introduces Cassandra, who is Rapunzel's lady-in-waiting. Sort of like a crazy badass sword lady. She, yeah, she's a boss girl. She's like... Also hates Eugene. But that's because her dad is uh, the captain of the guard. Captain of the guard. I thought they were going to make more out of that. I mean, again, fifty-eight minutes. More comes of it, but she yeah. doesn't spend any time with her dad in this movie. No, she doesn't. That part's not important right now. It will be. It will but be it's later. Not now. <laughs> um, her voice. Um, I don't know who voice acts her, but she sounded so much like Donna Murphy when. Uh, Oh, that's that's interesting. It is Eden Espinosa. Yeah, that I was kind of like, oh, this is weird. Uh, did they notice this? And she kind of looks goth as hell. <laughs> so I was like, is this, is there something here? But then they introduce another character and I was like, okay, wait, what's happening? Is it just super cool to be goth in Corona because everyone else is super sunny? I mean, probably, right? Yeah. The one thing I want to say about the song is it better introduces the conflict, especially between Eugene and Rapunzel. This is something that the movie doesn't get into in a way that kind of pisses me off. That's a little fair. The conflict is Rapunzel wants adventure and Eugene wants to settle down. Because Eugene's had adventure and he doesn't actually like it that much. Yeah. Um, Especially because he really likes Rapunzel. And she's here. And Rapunzel's like, this is great. I've got everything I ever wanted. I am bored. Uh, which is interesting because we posited that Eugene would be the one who got bored in that situation. Yeah, I, I, I think that this is still interesting though, right? This idea of like, oh, actually, I, I still haven't gotten to see the world, which is the mm-hmm. thing that I want to do. Being her kind of driving character force in this movie, I guess show. Yes, that's the thing. It's hard to, it's a little bit hard to review this as a movie, because like you said, you know, Cassandra doesn't hang out with her dad, even though that would make a lot of sense. And Eugene Rapunzel don't really get to an end point on the things that make them different, Mm -hmm. even though that would make sense. And it ends on like a real weird low note. A super big downer. And the reason for all that is because they're trying to set up a TV show. But like it's so it's hard to review it as a movie 
Yeah, this movie makes Empire Strikes Back feel like a fucking feel-good movie, this ending. <laughs> I I like the beginning of this movie a lot because it's just Princess Diaries. She, she's just bad at being a royal, I guess, is kind of the thing that's going on. Yeah, I mean, she walks around with no shoes. She can't remember everybody's names. Like, I kind of think that's it. She doesn't. Yeah, she isn't just randomly sentencing people to death. Like, just nothing like her father. Yeah. Uh, do you want to introduce Lady Kane? No, because this movie didn't want to either. <laughs> I love Lady Kane, and I'll tell you why. We haven't even gotten to her yet. She just shows up for two seconds and is like, "Oh, Ooh, I guess it doesn't." You're right. Maybe I'm a bigger bad, and then we leave. But that's what I love about her. All right, I'm just gonna say it. She's not. She sucks. She's a she bad villain. Thinks, she thinks she's a bad guy. This is my favorite thing. I was like, oh, okay, this is the bad guy they're gonna have to face the entirety of the series. But instead, they beat her by the end of this movie. That's the the. They throw a horse at her. And she Wait, does crushed. she not come back? Uh, she does, but she literally comes back for, like, one episode at a time, and is by the end of the episode thrown in jail again. So she's Team Rocket. Team Rocket keeps coming back. She's considerably worse than Team Rocket. She gets, like, maybe four episodes. Oh, that's rough, buddy. Uh, there's so much more interesting villains. I think they purposefully throw a crappy villain at them, so that we don't draw too much focus away from all the actual stuff that Rapunzel is doing. She's introduced as a big bad, but then she never, you know, the ending of this movie happens. But then there's this bigger thing that the movie introduces. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, but wait a minute. I We need to know what's up with this later. Yes. And that's like kind of the, the sleight of hand that they're doing is they're using her to distract us from this other thing. She's got nothing to do with magic. Yeah. And the other thing has a lot to do with magic. So it's like, it's kind of a tease, you know? Also, her plan is kind of awesome. That's the one thing that keeps me from, like, hating her. And also, she has legitimate issue Grievances. with the king. Which is like, boy, you throw people in jail and murder them for no fucking reason. She doesn't talk about execution, but he sure does execute people for no reason. And hey, she even takes her revenge, I know we're jumping ahead, but out on his guests and out on him, and then not on the queen or his daughter. So it's like, maybe... She really feels like she's in the right here, and I kind of get it. I If she had taken all of these people out back and just fucking shot them dead, I'd be like, all right, better movie, let's do this shit. I kind of don't like this. So the royalty that they introduce is, like, simultaneously making fun of, like, that, like, posh British royalty that you get. And, like, what's that popular show that everybody likes? Allie? Abby? Oh, Downton Abbey. Yeah, Downton Abbey. Like, that kind of, like, posh British, like... Maggie Smith, oh, we're so important. Mm -hmm. Motherfuckers that, like, are awful. I love Dame Maggie Smith. She's an amazing actress, but th those people fucking suck. That and also, like, the French bourgeois who got their heads put on pikes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like... Uh, there is a little bit of Marie Antoinette in, in the get-up Rapunzel has later. Right? And it's like, all right, but she, it, it makes me side with the villain. And maybe this is, I don't know, this, this movie came out in 2017, so we're already kind of starting. The world is starting to shift a, a little bit towards this, like, maybe maybe royalty sucks, actually. Yeah. So it, it's hard. I think she's a cool character. They put a lot of effort into making her look cool. She's got a cool design. She's got, like, a tattoo. It's pretty dope. And uh, what I really enjoy later is Eugene knows who she is. 
Yes, Eugene. When she shows up, he's like, oh, crap, Lady Kane. <laughs> Lady Kane. And it's like, if like it's one of those things where I realize later, wait, if Eugene knows who she is, she probably isn't anybody because Eugene doesn't know anyone. <laughs> like, he's not important. Oh, <laughs> uh, that doesn't mean that she's not important. She could be a big name in the underworld. Yeah, but he doesn't, uh, the way he, he says her name, I don't know. I feel like her name is actually Lady Kane, but it would have been even funnier if he just looked at her and was like, Catherine? <laughs> right? Like, just, I, uh, I guess her name can't be Catherine, right? Because what is Kane short for? What is Lady Kane short for? I'm assuming that that's just her name. Also, sorry, this is just a quick side note. Uh, if you're designing characters out there, guys, um, and her name is Lady Kane, and she's going to get into this big old fight scene, and you want her to pull out, like, a personalized weapon, maybe something that fits her theme and tone, and her name is Lady Kane... Obviously, you make her pull out two sets of fucking pastel-colored fans. What the fuck are we doing here? Go back to the drawing board. Try this again. That's an excellent point, especially because at that point, I was watching that scene. She throws away her sword. A sword! For no reason, and just picks up the fans like, I'm cool enough to beat you with fans. And it's like, lady, what are you doing? You had a sword! Also, you're not. You're not cool enough. You're also not. She wins. You, <laughs> she or... kicks your ass. You kicked her ass, threw away the weapon you used, and then got your ass beat. Uh, it's great. I do kind of like her as a villain. So she shows up to jump ahead a little bit. We The next time we see her, she's all covered in makeup and making fun of Rapunzel as Rapunzel is uh, greeting guests for her coronation, which is like a weird thing to do for keeping a low profile, but okay. But it also, her insults are kind of insane, because it's like, why would she know any of this shit? She lived in a tower for 18 a, years. A fucking tower. She is literally the cool, the most interesting individual anybody will ever talk to. She is magic and lived in a tower. It's one of those things, again, these villains, super short time frame stuff. Yeah. Her mom, on the other hand, Rapunzel's mom, and we'll talk about this later, is is the coolest character, actually, though. She's cool. She does not get enough time in this she movie. She doesn't talk in this movie for, like, the first ten minutes. Incorrect. She doesn't talk in this movie for the first 24 minutes. Fuck, dude. I was gonna say 30, and I was like, no, that feels like it's too long. I marked it. Fuck. Uh, I, I, I noted two times, where's her mom? Why isn't she here yet? And that is also the time where we finally learn her name, Ariana. Yeah, Queen Ariana and King Frederick. Rapunzel might be the only Disney princess whose parents stay alive. And get names. And get names! Like, I don't like I don't even think Belle's dad has a name. He does. He does. He has oh, Maurice. To Ma- I was going to say, because yeah. I remember watching a Vine like two days ago. I guess it was a TikTok <laughs> now. Where where uh, Gaston is like, Maurice was in here raving two days ago, and then it cuts to him, like, holding glow sticks. It's great. <laughs> Rapunzel's feeling down about how the whole meeting everybody thing went. I, can we talk about a little bit about Rapunzel here? She's, this, at this point in the movie, her hair is, like, supposed to be akin to what it was at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. It feels too neat. It feels combed. And I kind of wish they stuck with that kind of 90s spiky bob thing. Maybe that was harder to hand animate. I, I doubt it because all all of characters in anime have it, like, forever. <laughs> so it can't well, maybe be that, that was hard. The issue. Maybe, they, maybe when they put it in 2D, they're like, ah, oh, crap, she's an anime protagonist. 
She just she just looks like she walked out of fucking Yukio. We can't do this. This seems kind of weird, but maybe they didn't want to make it that memorable. I guess. I guess specifically that's because she would lose it. Well, but I don't know. Maybe maybe do that though, because then it's like it's kind of the opposite thing, right? Where it's like, oh, like the the hair. Once the hair goes and we see it again, we can get that feeling of like, oh, that's right. Because that because because I I assume the hair goes eventually, but I don't know. Maybe the maybe the fucking uh, Mickey Mouse short that they made six years ago isn't canon anymore. I think it is. For the reason that there was something that happened in season... Two things happened in season three that made it feel really canon. Okay. One of the things is Eugene gets the sash that he wears. Oh. And another thing is, it kind of felt there was a reason for the Stabbingtons to be there. I was gonna say, they invited the Stabbingtons to their wedding? Yeah. There's this thing in season three where Eugene says they're the closest thing he's ever had to family. Are they like cousins or uncles to him? They're all about the same age. They don't look it. Yeah. It's weird. And also, Eugene's like a few years older than Rapunzel. Yeah, about four or five. I think he might be mid-twenties and she's about 18. Yeah. It's about four or five years. Yeah, maybe Yeah, five, I think. Five or six, maybe. Mm -hmm. Somewhere between four and six. It's a pretty big age gap for for a Disney movie. Um, uh, Yeah, usually everybody is about the same age in a Disney movie. Yeah, they're all, like, fucking 16 or whatever. Actually, who even knows how old Eric was? There's a version uh, of that where it gets creepy. 30. Ooh. Oi there, Ariel, it's me. <laughs> I'm 30 years old Prince Eric. Wait. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> First, okay. where are they? <laughs> uh, they're in, uh, they're in Fast and the Furious 9. <laughs> Rapunzel goes uh, to have like a boat date with Eugene and she's sad and the only reason I mention this is so that I can mention that Eugene then gets cast blocked hard oh man she, she fucking straight up kicks him into this fucking Titanic water like yeah. <laughs> the water's cold I hope you drown it's like whoa <laughs> uh, well he says like the water's cold like you I kind of like how their relationship is immediately set up as, like, hating each other. But, like, the kind of hating each other where you insult somebody and you 100% wait for them to insult you back. Yeah, it's, it's, they got a, they got an act going. Yeah. Where it's like, listen, we don't like each other, but we both like Rapunzel, so we're gonna have fun with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. I've, I I get that scenario entirely. I have a little bit of a problem with it in that it doesn't make sense, some stuff that happens later with Eugene. So um, I forget why she's fetching her. I guess because they're having the dinner tomorrow, her big coronation dinner. Because we didn't mention this, but she's going to be sort of made officially the princess, even though everybody knows. Yeah, it's basically like a it's a it's a fancy welcoming party. Like we have an heir. Here she is. Here's the crown. All those second cousins lining up for the throne are feeling pretty dejected. Do y'all jump to the dinner? Is there something that happens in between? I'm I'm looking to see. No, there isn't, because what happens is Cassandra brings up the idea of sneaking Rapunzel out, but they don't do it yet. So, basically nothing happens. The dinner. Big important part. One of my favorite lines, maybe out of anything ever, is when Eugene starts, you know, he's going to propose... He starts this whole speech, he kneels, and Rapunzel goes, wait, did you drop something? Yes. And starts looking around. Yeah, because he just kneels in the middle of his speech. 
<laughs> and he proposes to her. There's no way he could have known this, but he manages to say everything all the wrong exactly wrong because the thing is she is on board at the beginning of this speech she like her eyes light up she gets this big smile and he keeps on saying stuff like i see us growing old here and riding out every day and And never leaving together and here and safe and and here here. And she has a freak out. He might he might as well have just kneeled down and said, I am the ball and chain preventing you from freedom. <laughs> Please say yes. Oh, but it's funny because to her, Eugene would have always symbolized freedom. And now he doesn't anymore. And I can see why that's scary. That's the that's the interesting thing, right? Is is like Eugene is having a great time. We didn't talk about his part of the intro song, but in his part of the intro song, he's like, fuck yeah, this is great. I'm living out my best life. Hey, did you know my last name rhymes with Sherbert? That's impressive. That was actually, that's the reason I remember his name. It's because the line life's gonna be like Strawberry Sherbert when she's Mrs. Eugene for Sherbert. The man who wrote that, those two lyrics, he deserves a Golden Globe. Like, that's a hard sell for a rhyme and he pulled it off. Uh, Glenn Slater. Yeah, so she freaks out and she runs from the dinner and Eugene is left like in the middle of the room having terrified his girlfriend in front of everyone she has ever known. Uh, it's not great, this moment for him. It, it really doesn't make him look good. Honestly, I think he bounced back from this very well. Yes. It would be very easy for him to get mad at her or well, just even mad at the situation. It's one of the things about this movie that frustrates me because Eugene is dealing with this the best anyone could ever deal with this. He's trying to be understanding. He's trying to be compassionate. He's trying to listen and figure out. He's trying to figure out why. Like, Mm -hmm. like, obviously, this happened for a reason. And now I got to figure out why because because I love this person and and I want to make sure that they're okay. The problem is, is that fucking Catherine hates him. Cassandra. Cassandra, sorry. Who's Catherine? I don't think there is a Catherine. No? That's just the name I pulled out of my ass? Alright, cool. <laughs> the problem is, is Cassandra hates him. Yeah. He, she literally just keeps getting in his way like, no, you're not allowed to be supportive. It's it's really rough. Uh, well, right now, she does sneak Rapunzel out of the castle. Mm-hmm. Maybe this isn't what Rapunzel thinks of it as, but away from Eugene. <laughs> We're introduced to Owl, her owl. This sucks. You gotta give him a name. Maybe call him, I don't know, something. Like, the chameleon's called Pascal. Maybe call him Euler? I don't know, something. Because there are a lot of cool Disney owls. That's the thing, is there are a lot of cool Disney owls, and you can't just call this one Owl, because all of them are called Owl, and the coolest one is called Owl, and you gotta you gotta come up with That's something. actually a really good point. There's already a... Hell, there's already two Disney owls called Owl. And they're both great! Well, well one of them's great. One of them kind of has my favorite scenes in Bambi, but it's still a movie I didn't enjoy. The other one's voiced by, oh, what's his name? Scottish Conan guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Hell's Bells, Craig Ferguson. Thank you. Cassandra and... Puns. And Rapunzel go out. They sneak out. They get on 
Max and Fidella and are out of out of town. There's a little line here where where it's mentioned that like Maximus had to come because he refused to leave you alone with me, and I'm like, you know what? That's fair because you're a shit. <laughs> but but also he was okay with the plan because it meant he got to spend more time with Fidella. Mm-hmm. Cassandra does come off like really really rough in the movie because there's just not okay. So here here was my problem with her. I guess it's been six months, which is a long time. It's a long time. But this is the first time we have seen Rapunzel, you know, since the end of the last movie. And it feels weird that she's apparently so close with this person that she can push Eugene away. That's that's the thing, right? Is like is like Eugene is this person who died in your arms and you cried him back to life. That's the fucking even if even if you didn't marry this dude, right? Even if Mm -hmm. you two just became really good friends, that's your best fucking friend there. That's your best man at your wedding. Oof, that'd be rough. Maid of honor, I guess. I don't know. But like you brought him to life with your tears. And I think that's true still, but it kind of doesn't feel true for this movie, which is maybe my least favorite thing about it. Now, here's the thing is, do you think maybe the only reason we're feeling it is because we just watched the movie as opposed to having like a fucking seven year of, oh, that that's a thing I like. I should watch this. I'll tell you what. No, because I didn't feel it this time that I watched the movie because I was so familiar with these characters already. But I felt it the first time I watched the movie. Okay. <laughs> Which had still been a little while since I'd watched Tangled. And I was like, man, it's weird how close Cassandra is to Rapunzel and how sh- good she is at, like, blocking Eugene out. The thing is, is what this movie should have done is it should have set up a moment where where it just shows where their relationships are now and how... Maybe, maybe just show Eugene, like, maybe not intentionally, but accidentally proving himself to be a little unreliable when it comes to keeping secrets from her dad. Yeah, or maybe, like, maybe there could be a more clear-cut reason why, you know, Eugene isn't royalty and isn't, like, involved with any royal obligations that Rapunzel would have to do, right? He's literally just, like, a fuckboy on retainer for her. Living the dream, in my opinion. (laughs) One of the things that we didn't mention is that, like, Rapunzel tries to go out on the town and is escorted by, like, six guards and she can't really do anything. This sucks. What a fucking bunch of blowhards. Similarly, if it was like, you know, it's not the same with Eugene. He's allowed near her. But also, she's really busy and like constantly doing princess stuff. And it's hard for them to get a moment together. Yeah. That would be something. Uh, The way they set it up, I'm not in love with it. But also, like I said, there are issues with the movie that come from just being a setup to a TV show. It just, it, it kind of feels shitty that they throw Eugene so far by the wayside in this. And they bring him, they reel it back he in, I think, back. by the end. Yeah. In fact, this scene, this next scene, uh, I really love as a Eugene scene. So first off, we're introduced to Stan and Pete, who are technically entangled. Yes. But they, they each got some pretty major redesigns. Eugene Loki bribes them to get into Rapunzel's room. I love this. <laughs> I love that the bribe is just his scarf. I love the interaction between the two guards later. Yes. I love the payoff at the end. Oh, the payoff is great. Yeah. I love, but the guard, the, the guard, specifically the one who takes the scarf. Stan. That one's Stan. Yeah, Stan is voiced by Diedrich Bader. Yeah, he was um, Oswald in uh, the Drew Carey show. He's a big voice actor now. Yes. I still always hear Oswald from the Drew Carey show. 
But every time he talks, it's fantastic because he's got a very unique voice, too. Mm -hmm. He plays Warp Dark Matter in the Buzz Lightyear movie. Oh, we're gonna do the Buzz Lightyear movie. Right? I uh, almost forgot about that one. That's gonna be fun. I don't even know what to pair that with, though, to make that that payoff feel good. Oh, fuck. There's four Toy Story movies now. Yeah, dog. It's rough. It's hard. So yeah, he gives he gives Stan his his scarf. This leads to a great couple of payoffs. He they argue about it. It's not regulation, but he thinks it brings out his mustache. Later, Max shows up and dismisses them because he's not wearing. And and this other guard <laughs> narks him out. Yeah, he I tried to tell him it was not you. Oh. I, I feel like that guard is now, that guard is like, so now I know who you really are back against the wall, huh? Oh, that's rough, man. These two are the um, Hitchcock and Scully of They're the Timon Corona, and Pumbaa. Though. They're a little bit Timon and Pumbaa. Eugene goes into Rapunzel's room. Rapunzel has left Pascal with instructions to not let anybody know she is gone. Which is a, a rough thing for such a small chameleon. He does his fucking best. He nails it. He gets a pot. With a plant in it, hangs it upside down so it looks like her hair, lights a light behind it. He's on a mannequin behind like a changing screen, so it looks like her outline. I don't know how he's getting the arms to move. I imagine his feet are involved, but I don't... It seems like when he moves his arms, they move with him. So did he like tie them to his arms? It's... I don't know. He's doing well. He's fucking nailing it, man. This guy's got a job at the Jim Henson Company. Eugene comes in. And is, like, talking to Rapunzel about his childhood being poor and how now he has everything he ever wanted. And he, like, wanted her to know that it was everything he ever wanted. And he never needed anything more than her and, like, stuff like this. And and finally her head falls off. The thing is, is as he, he's giving this big heartfelt speech, and it's a really good speech. Yes. Pascal starts tearing up. <laughs> He's, he's like, oh my god, he's nailing it. This is great. Uh, and he kind of forgets. We should mention this because I feel like we have, uh, we've kind of talked down about how Eugene is treated. Pascal is an amazing character in this movie. He, perfect comedic timing, I think, every time he's on screen. Oh, he's wonderful. Of all the characters, he translated from the 3D to the 2D design the best. I think that's definitely fair. And Eugene just goes, fantastic. I just poured my heart out to a frog. I I do love that everybody keeps calling Pascal a frog because it's like he's a chameleon, guys. Come on. Here's something he says during that speech. Mm -hmm. The first time I met you, when you hit me with that frying pan, I knew it was love. And I was like, did you? Did you? Did you know it was love? Or was it a concussion, my dude? Because they feel very similar. Well, you know, you. (laughs) Like, I get it, man. That was a speech in front of people. You you color it a little bit. He tries to tell the funny anecdote, but also how much he loves her. It makes sense. I just, I really wanted to <laughs> to go back to that because I realized like, oh, wait a minute. As they're sneaking out and Eugene figures out that Puns is gone, the villain at this point is like recruiting thugs. Yeah. Doesn't Rapunzel have like street cred? You would think Rapunzel would have a lot of street cred because right? she, we do see those thugs that she is friends with hanging out particularly earlier and i think maybe not later no not later in the movie but earlier in the movie we see we see a bunch of them here's something that we didn't talk about while they while the guards were on fucking like death row mode while they were all 
going through the town. <laughs> this is kind of sort of making fun of the like Bell Our Town song because like she, she's waving at everybody and this one guy is like chopping up meat or something and he starts <laughs> waving at her with the cleaver in his hand and just gets fucking decked. <laughs> and then later while she's walking through, instead of letting her shake people's hand, all the guards are giving everybody high fives. And they just slap the shit out of this meat cleaver guy again. It's like, oh, poor man. But yeah, those guards suck. They need to tone it down. The the villains are recruiting thugs. This Professor mm-hmm. Snape-looking motherfucker is, like, oiling around. Yeah. Is that the verb? He's barely a character. He's ba- I, I was just sitting here, like, because I, because I... He's like Lady Kane's evil butler, it seems like. He's like her own personal little Kylo Ren over there. But Oof. useless. Mean. That's both mean to Kylo Ren and that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 listener, you get to choose uh, who got it out worse. So Eugene and Pascal are running around. Eugene wants to um, wants to make sure Rapunzel's safe, mm-hmm. and also tries to make sure that she won't get in trouble. Yeah, especially because if she's sort of having a panic attack, it's kind of his fault. So yeah, he and the king have this great interaction where he does get called son. It's very low, like, you could barely hear it. Mm-hmm. But it, it does happen, and I'm like, oh, so he likes you. He just thinks you're dumb. <laughs> Which, fair, I mean. Eugene's, hey, a little dumb. That's okay. No, and I get it. He, listen, he's, not, he's there for his looks and not much else. <laughs> oh, this is when we find out that Cassandra's an animal telepath, I guess. Because she she's like, wait, there are other guards. And then the guards walk by, and it's like, oh my god, how did you know that? Because I have an owl that I, Who guess was I can... was pretty far away. Right? How did he tell her? Maybe they speak in sonic, like, clicks or something. Like, bats. Do owls do that? No, they just have really good I don't vision. think so. But they do have very good hearing. So she can talk to the owl. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it doesn't that solve the other problems. Uh, I would have liked her to have known where the guards were going because she just knows where the guards are going because she's the daughter of the captain of the guard. But they needed a time to introduce Owl and that was the time. At this point, we are about 24 minutes in. So I need to mention something about Queen Ariana. She speaks. I literally wrote, finally, her mom talks. This is the first time she talks, first time we learn her name. And I kind of get it because the king is more interesting to Rapunzel's story at this point because he's like the forbidding one. And she is there to sort of be on Rapunzel's side, which means that she doesn't need to talk until Rapunzel actually feels kind of attacked. He represents Rapunzel's past and she quite literally represents Rapunzel's future. This is what Rapunzel's going to look like and maybe even act like as an adult. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And we can tell that the king represents her past because he gets a fucking Vietnam flashback about her being kidnapped and has to go lock the door. <laughs> and it's like, my biggest problem with the king, he seems like a decent dude other than the fact that he's royalty. It's like, like we get it. <laughs> she was kidnapped. It was 18 years ago, dude. You gotta get over it. You gotta, you gotta like go to therapy and get these demons out of you, dude. I made that joke, but I think he has PTSD about it. I legit, no, probably, he, maybe he does. He says like later on, at the end of the movie, he says, the night you were taken, a part of me died. The best part. The best part, yes. And that's hard as fuck. That's some shit. And dude, King, you gotta deal with that. And it almost felt like that was an excuse where he was like, yeah, 
I locked up a lot of people. People are dead now because I was sad. Yeah, and it's like, and this isn't within the discussion of this movie, and maybe not within the discussion of the TV show either, but he needs to get over it. And, <laughs> like, and not in a joking way, like, he needs to No, you're right. He sit does, down. he genuinely needs to get over it. He needs to stop smothering her. To be fair, she's only been back for six months. This would, I think, still be the start of a healing process. Although, to also be fair, Ariana seems pretty chill. She seems dope as hell. And you'd think the whole thing would have been way worse for her. Well, yeah, no, I stand by that. Yeah, no, it would have been worse for her. Her daughter, who she almost, like, she almost died giving birth to this child. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's a hard thing for a parent to go through ejecting a child from you. (laughs) I've heard. I I don't know personally. Uh, that, the word eject makes it sound like there's such speed involved. (laughs) Uh, I, I, listen, I don't, I don't know, but the point is, is like, she has an emotional stake in this too, right? Her, her feelings and her values about what happened matter just as much as the king's, if not more so because she's the one who gave birth. Well, and also, if not more so, because she seems to be seeing it with a, with clearer eyes. Yeah, with the clarity that the king clearly doesn't have. He sort of, I think, does still see Rapunzel as a little girl because he can't make himself not. He still sees a baby ready to be kidnapped. Yeah, and she sees her as, I mean, Rapunzel is a young woman at this point, just on this side of 18, but still. She Well, she sees her, her mom doesn't see her as an adult either, but in a different way where she sees her as somebody who hasn't been given the chance to live. Like any other kid by the age of 18 would have like gotten into scrapes, gotten into fights, gotten into like fallen, fallen in crushes and being hurt and getting, getting over it and Mm -hmm. like growing. And she didn't get to do that because she was locked up in this tower for 18 years. To be fair, she did have a pretty big crush. But she's not over it, so. What? I'm saying she fell in love already. Well, yeah, okay, but that's like <laughs> one, that's like one part, right, of a thing that, of a whole life. She also got into a lot of scrapes. I mean, look, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but, look, if the amount of stuff that happened to me in my childhood was the same thing that happens to a Disney movie protagonist, I would have a complicated childhood. <laughs> <laughs> No, but 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 that's the thing, right? Is is is, is, is if the king just sat down and thought about it with his fucking brain, he'd he'd realize how this this oppressive presence and protection can be misconstrued as the same thing as her former abuse. It very much borders on toxic, and that will spoiler get worse before it gets better. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about murder rocks? Well, let's talk about uh, Wind in My Hair, because that's the song she sings before we get to these... uh... Oh, yeah. It's a fine song. It's okay. They use this as the intro for um, the series from now on. You know what? As I listen to it, good title song. It's good thematically. Yeah. Definitely. Wind in My Hair really This is certainly, if you're going to have it in this movie, this is a good time to put it, I guess. You know, it's about how she hasn't really seen anything yet. Mm -hmm. And she's ready to go on adventures. And I think this is a point of freedom that she needs to feel at this point so that, like, her relationship with Eugene can get better and maybe her relationship with her parents can can get better, even though, as I said before, it kind of doesn't before it gets worse. Yeah, it's, it's listen, this movie ends in a pretty awful place for mm-hmm. her. 
Oh, uh, this isn't something you me- we mentioned yet. How do you feel in general about the animation and character designs in this Oh, movie? okay, so this is a note that I, p- I-, I had earlier. It's good. It's a little jarring. It looks nothing like what the movie looked like. Because mm-hmm. the movie's so warm. That's true. It There's a lot of nighttime in this movie. Yes. The, like, backgrounds at night are really gorgeous if you just look at them. They're great. But it does not have that same feel as Corona did in the in the original. It feels different. And it, it's not bad. It's definitely good. And the animation is solid. It's very, like, there's there are some things that are, like, odd combinations of 3D and 2D that are, I think, really fun and cool. And I, I really like it. I just, I do think that that transition of taking these designs for this 3D movie into 2D, there's something a little bit that's lost in that translation that I didn't expect. And, and don't get me wrong, I, this 2D animation is fucking phenomenal. It it reminds me a lot of what kind of Nimona looks like in terms of its palette. Oh, that's that's interesting. That's fair. I literally was like racking my brain when I was watching this. I was like, what does this remind me of? I think, I think the animation in this movie is really great. I think that they managed to really capture, even if they don't quite capture the same colors and palettes of the original movie they capture the tone it's awesome and also i mean boy pascal looks cute he looks adorable and even like you said before if it lost something in the in the translation i think it picked up something too yes it's it's unafraid to be this thing that it is I think it's it helps that this show came out so long after the movie that it's it's not afraid to be something new, even though it's living within the confines of this old thing. On the opposite end, I think it also helps that a lot of the people who worked on the movie are still working on the TV show. Yes. Um, including, we didn't mention this, but like Zachary Levi and Mandy Moore yes. are both here doing their thing. It's clear that they both have a an adoration for these characters, and I'm glad that that they get to do this because this seems awesome. And I I have to feel like they're doing this partially out of their love for this thing. I can't imagine that Mandy Moore and now big movie hero superstar Zachary Levi are getting paid what they got paid to do the movie and yet they still came back and wanted to do this. So, Murder Rocks. Like, listen, there's one rule in magic. Uh If that shit looks evil, don't touch that shit. (laughs) Don't touch it. Don't touch it! It's glowing, and it looks evil as hell! So, the things we know about these rocks is they're sharp and spiky, they glow, and they're indestructible. Completely indestructible. Cassandra hits one with her sword, and the sword shatters. Rapunzel touches a rock, the it rocks explodes. start bursting everywhere, Rapunzel's hair starts growing back. Uh, up until this point, I was like, oh, this animation's pretty good, I kinda like this, this blew my fucking mind. The bit where, like, when she jumps and her hair's going, that looks gorgeous. It's amazing! And her hair, just in this movie, her hair looks awesome. It, it looks as good as it did in the movie. Yeah, and like you said, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, interesting. it's just interesting to see it in a different style. With all of it having to flow behind her. And the whole time I was thinking, that's 70 feet of hair. That's heavy. As, that's gotta be heavy as sin. It's magic hair, so I'm sure it's got magic lightness to it. So now they're running away from these rocks. Oh, the rocks are chasing her. Are they? Uh, well, they seem to be. They seem to be. I... They're certainly growing very quickly toward her. Yeah. And when I say glo- growing very quickly, new rocks keep popping up. Like they're they're kind of like, like mushrooms spiking out of the ground after yeah. her. Like it's like a like it's like a magic spell in World of Warcraft. They run. They get stuck because of Rapunzel's hair. Rapunzel's indestructible magic hair. Yes, Rapunzel's hair is now indestructible. Comes with well, we don't learn this yet, but. 
it gets caught in these rocks and I'm sitting there and I'm like, maybe it's been six months, but you, you just whip it out. Just whip it out. You know, do the <laughs> thing that you do with rope when it gets caught or like a hose where you just kind of start like shaking it and hoping that the sine wave in it just gets it out. Do that. There's this whole thing where they're caught and the spikes are catching up to them and mm-hmm. Max has to save them and mm-hmm. they have to save each other and it's this whole big thing. Maximus steps up and Cassandra almost dies like four times in this chase scene. She does, but she also protects Rapunzel the whole time, which I think is interesting. Rapunzel's always ahead of her throughout this whole chase scene. She's kind of an amazing bodyguard. Because she's always trying to keep the rocks at bay. That said, it's not technically her job to be her bodyguard. That's the thing, right? Is she's a lady in waiting and they need to fire her from that job and make her just (laughs) royal princess bodyguard. They need to pull her off princess duty, hire her as a guard, and put her back on princess duty. Because these two other fucking schmucks, Stan and whatever his name is, they aren't even here. (laughs) Didn't even know she was gone. Long story short, they get back to the room by about dawn, it seems like. Yeah. Eugene and Pascal have been out all night looking for her. They must be exhausted. They look good. It it takes a lot out of you to stay up for 48 hours, but they look great. They look they haven't lost an inch. Could you could you imagine if at some point in the night Eugene's like, "Well, we're not going to find her tonight, so let's call it, go to bed, and maybe <laughs> when we wake up, she'll be back. She'll be back." Anyway, they're the best. I have to imagine what happened. At some point in the night, he just looks like an insane person. <laughs> walks <laughs> walks into <laughs> walks into his room, cleans himself up, and then walks outside and that just cycle just keeps repeating. <laughs> there are a lot of mirrors and castles. Probably just stops at each one, checks how much of a bag he's got. All right, Eugene, calm down. We got this. Rapunzel's only been missing for 8 hours, 43 minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> but it's fine. You got this. All right. 45 seconds. Cassandra briefly tries to keep Eugene out of the room, but it doesn't fly. This this is the most insane thing. She is trying to argue against telling Eugene. That's crazy talk. Eugene comes in and just says, holy hair. Oh, God, I wish I had written down his speech that he has. This freakout is the best freakout like in the history of freakouts. It's my favorite. He's like, so you clearly don't want to tell me what's going on. You don't have to, just as long as you're safe. You are safe, right? And he's like, you don't have to tell me, but tell me what happened? <laughs> Obviously, your hair grew up. Your, your hair grew back. So your hair grew back, which is magic, I guess. It's magic, right? Like stuff like that. For, well, we've like, been over this. It's magic. You don't yes. have to tell me how it works. Please tell me how it works. No, don't tell me how it works. <laughs> I don't want to know. Listen, as long as we both understand that you're okay, if there's something that you are keeping from me, I, I get it and you don't have to say anything. And then she kind of gives him like a, like a, I'm really glad that you're so understanding. Half a second passes and he's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my favorite part is he goes, this part I did write down, is he says something like, um, you don't keep secrets from people you love. And then her mom knocks on the door and he's like, hide your hair, hair. woman. You gotta hide your hair. <laughs> right, that, that's, this is the thing about Eugene that's great. And why I don't like this movie kind of tries to paint him as a bad person for wanting to settle down. He's in it for the long haul and he is ride or die. Like <laughs> As soon as he walks in and he's like, you were trying to keep this from me. So clearly you don't want anyone to know about this. All right, let's go. Yeah. But also, I already found out. So, Rapunzel puts on this huge-ass wig. Oh, this Marie Antoinette business. Very Marie Antoinette, but, like, that's how you gotta hide your hair. She looks ready to let her parents eat cake. 
<laughs> she has a very awkward breakfast with her parents and then there's a really nice scene after where Ariana comes in and gives her this it's not exactly an encouraging speech because most of it is actually done with like a wink and a nod but she like gives her her journal full of all the adventures she went on and then gives mm-hmm. Rapunzel an empty journal we gotta go back a little bit okay before Eugene shows up they have a little montage of them trying to cut her hair off where, where she's like we'll just cut it off we'll just cut it off right fine no problem we'll just cut it off and so they try to cut it off and they find out that it's not only indestructible but unlike last time uncuttable at one point she tries to slice it with the knife and it turns to dice in her hands like no yeah she comes at it with like a battle axe and it destroys the table her hair is on (laughs) but her hair is fine and at this point i figured out the magic i'm like i solved it sorry puns you gotta kill eugene again like, <laughs> if if you just stab Eugene, and Cassandra would love this plan, just stab Eugene, uh-huh. and instead of letting Rapunzel save him, he cuts her hair off, and it works. And maybe this time he dies for real, but maybe he doesn't. Wow, I can't believe you already came up with the series finale of this show that this is the pilot of. <laughs> That's fucking wild. You, it's gotta, It's gotta be done. <laughs> but yeah, so the hair is completely indestructible, as opposed to semi-indestructible yeah so ariana she basically tells rapunzel she's on her side and she should go out and look for adventure yeah that's actually one of my favorite bits she doesn't tell her to go out to look for adventure she just tells her to like fill that journal however she feels is right she has she does have a kind of semi-long speech and it's like it's like coded in like i got to live my own life before i met your dad and i Mm -hmm. got to do all this cool stuff i got to be like a social worker pirate or something yeah that was pretty crazy like whatever the hell she was doing right Rapunzel, all I'm saying is that unless your dad dies, you get to decide when to usurp his authoritarian (laughs) regime. Go at it. Have fun. I know you were thinking about it. I've seen the wig. (laughs) At this point, you're just blatantly being a parody, right? Right? You're not actually wearing that as a fashion statement, right? Look, sweetie, it's so hideous. (laughs) It just looks terrible. Now we get to the coronation proper. Mm -hmm. Because the coronation was in, how long is this movie? Two hours? Two hours. Well, the movie was one hour. We've actually been talking about it for a while. (laughs) For such a short movie. Well, we're going to cut out like 40 minutes of my bullshit, so. So, the coronation, she is wearing both her giant wig that she can barely walk in and heels. That she can walk in even less. Because she doesn't wear shoes, period. Honestly, yeah, just introduce her to the concept of socks and we're already getting somewhere. (laughs) Uh, So she sort of waddles down this aisle manages to make it through most of the ceremony but then lady kane and her crony show then up the sewer queen and her misfits of garbage appear this is why you have to keep your prisons separate from well everything from the castle proper definitely yeah because their plan was to, for everybody to get captured and then she would free them all mm-hmm. which is a pretty solid way to get a lot of criminals into the cat it's a pretty dope plan if the guards were better, it would not have been, but oh well. well. There is one solid guard in Corona, and it's a horse. So as long as they avoid him. And he's kind of MIA for this kind of ending of the movie until he's not, but... Yeah, he gets a very good finisher move off, though. Oh, it's great. This big fight breaks out. Rapunzel reveals her hair and starts fighting everybody. I I don't know if there's anything you want to zoom in on very much, but there was one part of this brawl that I really liked, and it was... Eugene's pretty good with a sword. He's pretty good with a sword. He's pretty good with a sword, but he loses his sword, 
and she gives him a frying pan. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is nothing can beat the power of a well-seasoned cast iron. But what got me about it was, when he was fighting with the sword, he still knocked people out by not hitting them with the sword. And when he used the frying pan, he could just hit them with the frying pan. Yeah. And he did this weird, crazy Link boomerang move that was fun. But what it put in my head was, I think the reason he likes frying pans is because you can hit somebody really hard and not kill them, which you can't with a sword. Yeah. At least in this version of reality. If you hit somebody really hard with a frying pan, there's a good chance they're dead. They're probably going to die harder than if you hit them with a sword, TBH. But I think Eugene just likes blunt weapons more than sharp weapons. Because, that, because hey, it's a kid's movie and you don't need to show a lot of blood. If it's all blunt force trauma, you don't see the damage. It's true. If they die off screen, are they really dead? Dad? Jesus, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Everyone's getting their asses kicked. This is when the fan thing happens, which is, again, absolutely insane. She should be fighting with a cane, goddammit. It would even fit in with her, like, kind of, like steampunk stylish kind of thing that she's got going on no the fans are kind of out of nowhere which i guess the point was that she was dressed as a fancy lady duchess or something yeah and that's why she's got him but it just seems silly cassandra beats her with a candelabra it's still on fire when she has it she beats her lady kane's gonna get away maximus kicks down the door oh is that what you thought she was doing i thought she was like gonna use the battle axe to keep fighting them I don't know, maybe. At any point, she thinks she's a bigger fucking deal than she is. And she gets crushed crushed by a horse. She just gets destroyed. This is like a finishing move in fucking Mortal Kombat. This door just flattens her like a pancake. This is when we get the hard line from her dad. That was like, the night you were taken, a part of me died. The best part. And it's like, whoa, dude, fucking, what movie did you just come from? And he basically says... He invokes martial law. He straight up invokes martial law. You're not leaving this 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 country. Yeah, this city, I guess. It's unclear. Like, Corona's a country, but it might also be a city. Anyway, she can't leave. She can't leave the walls that we have established exist. Mm-hmm. And she's bummed about it. She sings the final reprise of Wind in My Hair, mm-hmm. which is like, I am bummed about it, but there is all this cool stuff going on. I think I'll be okay. Uh, I think I'll probably be okay. You know, I never really figured out what the deal is with those rocks, so I guess now's the time to do it. Which is why, as a movie, as a standalone movie, this is pretty weak. I want to say this in the most literal way possible. This is poorly structured as a film, amazingly structured as an introduction to a show, which is what it is. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I said before... It's really hard to review it as a movie because as a TV show, it totally works. It and kicks ass. I want to watch this show. Next time, maybe we'll find out more about those rocks, huh? Maybe there'll be more with their dad, huh? That was, ooh, that was rough. That's some huh? shit. Huh? Maybe. What about that? <laughs> you know? Maybe there's a musical episode. Oh, that's the whole show? But the, oh, this might happen next time is like no good for a movie. <laughs> I think the reason it's structured as a movie is because it's just for advertising, right? Yeah, it's it's like a, it's a one hour, it's a, it's like a 90 minute thing that you can say is a movie. You can sell the DVDs and generate that hype for this new show. And I think it's a good, probably a good idea on a marketing standpoint to do that. Mm-hmm. But it makes for something that would be like a pretty weak sequel, quote unquote. Yeah. If you just watched that. You would need to watch the entire show. In a way, I do. I do kind of prefer prefer this this idea of like, well, we're gonna we're gonna make this show for kids. It's gonna be a continuation of this big movie that we have, but we're still gonna we're gonna keep it light. We're gonna keep it fun. We're gonna really hone down on this writing. I think this is mm-hmm. this is super cool because even if it's not a great 
quote unquote sequel to a movie and whatever that means it's it's just more of these amazing characters having adventures which is yeah that's exactly what i want yeah tangled as a movie is a good movie Mm -hmm. from beginning to end incredibly solid very standalone this continuation i think is amazing it builds a world which is really interesting we're introduced to the idea that there's like other magic out that there's more out there yeah because in tangled the movie there is one magical thing and by the end of the movie it's gone and here we're like this just happened sometimes i guess magic hey guess what matt like magic in a world and like it's a good setup and i i haven't seen much of this show but i think you have and i i you've from what you have shown me this show looks awesome it's a really fun show i I definitely think that for for this movie that could have very much ended up as just another disney princess movie this show allows it to i think get the spotlight that it deserves in terms of just its, its strong characters I mean, that's really what you want from a show, too. What you want is, like, you go to the show and you're like, what I really want at the end of the day is more Flynn Rider. Do they have him here? And do you know what? They do. And puns. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. As in as in Rapunzel. No, I get it. It's just, honestly, I know I said it before, but Eugene continues to be the Disney character that I most identify with. He's great. He's great. Do you want to do Tangled Ever After real quick? Uh... So I did watch it. Uh-huh. I didn't expect it to be... It's like six minutes. Yeah, like a six-minute Mickey Mouse short. It's Yeah, it's, I was going to call it Looney Tunes. But yeah, it's just uh, it's just like a short with Pascal and... You know what it feels like? It feels like something out of Disney's Max. House of Mouse. Yeah, there's not a lot to say about it. I really love Max's and Pascal's expressions. I love Maximus's huge failure complex that this movie gives me. <laughs> <laughs> Where he, he thinks if he drops the rings, the, the, the palace will explode. The Oh, man. And I was like, if this is what's going through his mind. Ariana was freaking out so, like, I'd forgotten how this goes. Ariana freaked out so much about the rings. I was like, whoa, why is she freaking out so much? Right? I was like, this is, a, this is a really weird, what's happening? And then the kingdom explodes. And I was like, what? uh the one thing that i will say about this besides it had good gags and it was like it was just a fun little thing to watch is rapunzel has a seriously long train on her dress yes and from the concept art i kind of assume that it's 70 feet long it's gotta be so i'm gonna gonna try to describe it for the listener everyone knows visuals work so well in an audio medium yeah but well this one's pretty clear though Mm -hmm. it's uh uh one of the the last concept art in it was rapunzel and eugene kissing and you know they're dressed up for a wedding and her veil it seems like just like flows around her like her hair does because she doesn't have the hair anymore yeah i don't know it was really neat and i guess originally maybe the movie ended with a with a wedding but that was eventually shifted into a short there's not a lot to say about it but it was good it's it's a fun six minutes yeah so thank you for listening to direct-to-video vhs vhs i have been your host tony robusto i have been your host andy reyes Find me on Twitter at TheaterBats and my comic at InspiredByTrueEvents.org. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Royalty underscore Valens. It's the only thing I do. We have fun here <laughs> on Twitter.com. And what do I say next? Uh, usually plug your website and stuff. I, you already did that. I already did the website. 
So I guess we just have to thank Lee yeah, Rosevere. Yeah, th- thank Re- Lee Rosevere for Planet E off the album Trappist 1. Nailed it. And rate us on iTunes, why not? And also, check out the website, directu.video, for more direct-to-video stuff. Heck yeah. Hey, I know what we could do with that fucking 40 minutes of my nonsense. Just <laughs> throw that on the YouTube. Let's do it. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Um, I'll, see if it, I'll see if it comes out clean. Ugh. <laughs> oh. We are doing The Little Mermaid and The Little Mermaid 2. You cut out right there. Oh. What I want us to watch next is uh, The Little Mermaid and The Little Mermaid 2. You did that one on purpose, you piece of shit. No, I didn't. I swear to God I didn't. (laughs) It's on my recording. (laughs) Do you want to do The Little Mermaid and The Little Mermaid 2? I I do. I have a question, a very important question. Are Uh we going to do the third one? Like, if we're doing them one at a time then there's no longer the same barrier for doing a trilogy. Here's what I'm thinking is, depending on how we feel after The Little Mermaid 2, which I, f- I, I have a strong feeling in my gut that we're not going to feel good. You cut out again, but I believe The Little Mermaid 2 is bad, if that's what you're saying. What, what I'm saying is, is, depending on how we feel walking out of that second experience, I think we can make <laughs> a sh- like off-the-hip decision. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, let's do it. So, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be rough. We got a new format. I'm gonna push that format to its limits. I think with this choice. I love it. All right. I am the ghost of John Smith. And this is the spot where I died. <laughs>